Hey, everybody, and welcome to week 29 of 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I'm your host, Andrea Pagnosi, and I'm also a career empowerment coach who is fiercely dedicated to getting everyone in 2022 to realize their true career potential. Today's guest is an accomplished coach whose philosophy boils down to one premise, learning is a lifelong process. I can't agree more. After spending 10 years in a corporate training and development side of business where she facilitated employee growth at various worldwide firms and where her work centered on fostering communication and management skills, she then took a little bit of time away from her career to do what I would argue is the most important job we do, which is raising children and pursued a career in coaching when she returned to the workforce. She believes life comprises many chapters and specializes in helping adults with their mindset in professional and personal transitions. And the reason why I've asked this guest here today is the first half of the year with 52 Weeks, we really focused on people attaining jobs and and having a plan to, to get into a better place of their career. But of late, we've heard from some of those listeners. And I encourage you guys to reach out. It helps us build better podcasts. Everybody was very complimentary about the show, but they were saying, Hey, we're really still struggling to forward the action. We don't know how to begin. We have the best of intentions, but we're just not committing to actually doing it. So today we're going to talk about attention versus commitment with someone who runs a coaching program called Thrive 365. I think that title speaks to exactly what she's going to bring to the table to empower professionals on our show. Please welcome Michelle Saunders to 52 Weeks. Hello. Thank you so much. Intention versus commitment. So we talk a lot about the why in what we do. And full truth, many of the listeners that reached out to me said, I don't know what to do next because I don't know what my why is. So I'm hoping we can uncover that a little bit before we uncover how to have other people find their why. Let's talk a little bit about how you found yours. Can you share with us about your journey to coaching? Absolutely. So my journey with coaching starts really from when I was a child, I look at my story and I help my clients understand their story of their life. And and I look back and see themes and see pivotal moments and chapters, I call them, that all led to me truly becoming a professional coach. And I would divide those storylines into personal life and professional life chapters. And certainly because I do whole life coaching, I coach the whole person. So it includes personal and professional aspects of their being really. So just to share an overview, if we were to break down my storyline and go back to when I was a child, I had a very terrific, normal upbringing in a wonderful college town in New Jersey. And I was blessed with family, friends, education, and all that created just a wonderful life. I did suffer a tragedy though when I was 11. And that was my father dying suddenly of a heart attack in his sleep. When that occurred, I didn't realize it then being so young, but I pivoted into life going forward after my father. So it was almost as though it was life with my father. And then what does life look like after when he was no longer with us? 
So that was my first exposure to looking at life as we have chapters and we have different portions of our life that develop and shape us. I went on and thanks to my mother and family and everybody continued to grow and flourish and had a great education and friends and moved on and lived life. Pursued a career in training and development and human resources. Felt really very, very fulfilled. As I grew forward again to just take a, a step into personal life, I then lost my sister in my 30s from cancer. So these two losses shaped my philosophy and my outlook that life is precious, that life is too short to compromise, that we really have all so much to live while we are here to enjoy, and if not now, when? So I absolutely see my growth and my story as being influenced by personal events and also very happy personal events. I became married, have two amazing children, have a great family life. Life can go on, life can grow. My career stemmed from always wanting to help people grow in the human resources field. I pursued a master's in social work, learned a lot about counseling. After taking my break, as you mentioned, Andrea, I really put it all together and stepped back and thought, where can I best serve people? How can I best serve people? not only from my own personal life experience, but from my philosophy of life and how can I help people look at their lives in a way that learning never has to end, growing never has to end. It can just keep going and going through the various chapters of our life. So I pursued coaching. This has given me an opportunity to work with wonderful people who I know are resourceful, who I know have all the answers. They just need a little bit of support and partnership to help them find their why, to help them find their next chapter. So be it professional or personal, because after all, we're all one person. There is an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to flourish. With the help of a coach, as you very well know, it can just be accelerated. So it's not as though there are deep-rooted problems that someone perhaps can't find a job or can't find the career of their choice, but there's certainly a benefit to working with somebody to help uncover blind spots, to help look at beliefs that may be getting in their way, their mindset, and their action steps to really make the best use of their time and their purpose. Powerful stuff. I believe you're equipped with everything you need to succeed. Sometimes we as human beings don't look beneath the surface as well as we should for various reasons, learned behavior. When you are living your life and you are head down doing the work in your career, you get immersed. It becomes commonplace to do what you're doing, even if you may be unhappy. There are a lot of people that are saying that I may not love what I do, but I'm doing it because I have responsibilities. Do you find those to be excuses that are holding them back or those self-limiting beliefs? Or do you think that it's too insurmountable for them to really do what they need to do to move on to the next chapter? 
I think everybody has their own unique reasons and their own unique circumstances. It's hard to blanket it with one fell swoop of a viewpoint. In general, what I would say is if there are people who truly want to make a change, who truly are unhappy in their job, and who feel at their intuitive gut level that there is something more that they want to do, there's something more fulfilling for them, but they just don't know what to do first, second, and third, then what I recommend is slowing down, getting clear, really getting clear in terms of what is it now that's not working for them? What is it that would actually ignite them and excite them? How, by taking step-by-step, can they actually move forward to make that dream a reality? So I'm working with people who, yes, feel very overwhelmed because they want to do so many things, but they're just not sure what to do. So every time they start either approaching their resume or Googling a whole bunch of information to try to find some jobs or information for them that might help them in their career journey and their career exploration. They keep getting distracted and going from one thing to the next and not really finishing anything and feeling then overwhelmed. And then the whole process starts again and it just, they get in their own way. What I would say for those people, if they do feel inundated with so many thoughts is slowing down the process doesn't mean nothing is going to get done. Mm -hmm. It means they can gain clarity. There's a coach by the name of Rich Litvin who says often, slow down to speed up. And what I help people with is to slow it all down and say, okay, are you ready? Is this the right timing? What is it that, what are your thoughts right now? What have you done thus far? What has worked? What hasn't worked? what's getting in your way. So there's a lot of things that we can do and exercises and transitioning to a new job, but it really depends. Some people after doing some of that work may say, you know, now's not the right timing. You need to stay in my role for whatever reason it is, whether it be finances, whether it be just the structure of it, how it's working for their family, their personal life, whatever it is. Um, And then for those people, when the timing is right and they know it, they will be able to listen to their intuition and actually follow their own thoughts and be resourceful themselves when the time is right. Just because somebody has a thought of wanting to change doesn't necessarily mean they're committed to make that change. And that's where we bring in intention versus commitment. I've had a few clients where people go through the work of coaching Mm. and realize it's not necessarily that they're doing the wrong job. Some choose to stay, but choose to react and respond differently as a result of coaching. Are you finding that as well? 100%. Mm-hmm. How they're showing up, how they're interpreting situations, conversations, communication. What are they bringing into the role? Are they involved? Are they excited? Areas where they can create more for themselves and own the role more than they are. If that gets tweaked a little bit and their approach perceptions are a little bit tweaked so that they can look at out a different window and see their role and their job and their workplace in a different way than they had been habitually looking at it. 
it may be just fine for right now and it may actually be great. There are a lot of things that happen when we take ownership of our life and take responsibility for how we view situations. And as you know, interpretations can sometimes really not be reality. I would add that sometimes people assume that they understand what's going on and they really don't. I can think of a handful of situations where clients, you and I both come from an organizational background, both in organizational development, human resources. There are a million reasons why during the pandemic, companies weren't able to do certain things. None of us anticipated a pandemic. None of us. We weren't prepared and an organizational structure wasn't prepared to withstand the changes that would need to be made, migrating to a virtual workforce. And there's a laundry list of things that needed to be implemented to really withstand the pandemic. But I think a lot of people expect to be handed this sort of career path and that their why should be not dictated by somebody else, but driven that they should be given, you know, sort of a compass to get there from here. Do you think organizations can actually reignite passion themselves in their own employees? Yes, I do. And that also boils down to my philosophy of work and life. And that is that nothing is is static and stuck. We can be dynamic, we can learn, we can grow. I do believe organizational leaders can bring uh, what we hear a lot about, which is bringing heart to the organization. And that really stems, I believe, from the top down. And if they can bring heart and they can help employees really be in alignment with both the organizational's purpose and mission, as well as each individual's purpose and mission, there can be a real commitment made to change and to growth. Nothing has to be perfect. There can be experimentation with new practices and with new ideas that if just as I help individuals recognize that they can try on new ideas and take new steps and just test things out, so can organizations. We don't know all the time if a new, let's say, mission-driven statement or practice is going to necessarily work and connect with employees. If there's a willingness to try and a willingness to say, okay, we are noticing that our employees are not happy or with the great resignation, people leaving, there can be, again, just like with an individual, an organization can slow down take a look at what's going on, read the climate and start igniting more of heartfelt practices into the organization. But it all starts with, I believe, a willingness to say, where are we now? Where can we do better? What are the gaps? What's getting in the way? Where can we start? Step one, step two, step three. We can't do everything all at once in an organization, just like an individual can't do everything all at once or nothing will get done. It will just feel overwhelming. So change can be made. And if I didn't believe that change can occur, I wouldn't be in this field because everything, if I looked out the window and used the philosophy of everything is going to stay the same, why bother? I wouldn't be helping people grow and develop. I've seen myself grow and develop. I have seen clients grow and develop. And 
teams grow and develop. So there's there are many opportunities out there and it just takes commitment. Not just intention, it takes commitment. Can you share with us an example of a client that came to you with all the best intentions, wanting to either pivot careers or just go up the corporate ladder, whatever they were coming to you to work on and share how you moved intention to commitment with them and some of the, some of the strategies, some of the core strategies you work on with clients. I can definitely generalize. When I talk about intention versus commitment, this is adapted from a well-known coach and author by the name of Steve Chandler. So I want to credit him with this great distinction, intention versus commitment. When I help a client move and I and I'm thinking of some in my mind right now, move from just saying they want and intending to do something to actually committing to the action. What I'm really talking about, again, is as Steve Chandler says, and I'll quote, speak it into existence, unquote. Rather than just speaking and saying, though, Speak it into existence, meaning I have seen clients be afraid to create the documents necessary for the job search. I have seen and spoken with clients who are afraid to go into an interview on a job. I have worked with clients who have felt that age is in their way and there's no way there's going to be another opportunity. So while they say out loud, they have an intention to find a new job. If those fears are just there and in the way, and there's no commitment to working through creating what needs to be put in place to be able to leap over those obstacles to actually make something happen with action, not just with the thought of it, but actually with action, nothing will get done. I have seen clients go from not wanting to have an interview to having many interviews and being just fine speaking in an interview situation because we've worked through the fears and the beliefs and all of those blocks and the muddy stuff that gets in the way to feel clearer and able to walk through that barrier and make things happen. In a nutshell, just because of confidentiality, I can just say that clients who make things happen are committed to themselves to see something occur. And it's different from just saying they want it. There's work involved in terms of looking at fears. There's work involved in terms of looking at beliefs that are holding them back. And there's just the willingness to experiment and try and stay on the path and take it one step at a time to fruition. And that is what I have seen many clients do, actually. And it's amazing to receive messages or emails from people who are saying, I did it and it wasn't that scary. Or mm. I found something that I'm really excited about and I really want to see this through. Or now I believe I understand more. You know, this is more of a, a, a common statement. Now I know myself and I know what it is that I really want to try to do. It's the clarity 
but it's putting the steps and the work in action to achieve it. There's a nuance there. So you can say you want something, you can speak it into existence, but it's actually taking the steps to, to show up and own their own creation. I know when I work with clients that don't know themselves well enough and aren't as clear as they need to be, it does hold them back. Mm-hmm. They have a happy faculty of putting themselves into this spiral of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. How do you dig people out of the overwhelm? Because, well, it's most of the time self-inflicted. It's not somebody saying necessarily to them, you can't, you won't, you don't. Maybe they learned that behavior growing up or experiencing tribal influences around them that aren't exactly supportive. What do you do when somebody comes to you in a state of overwhelm? How do you unpack that a little bit? One thing that I love to do, take people through the Energy Leadership Index Assessment, a tool founded, created by Bruce D. Schneider, the founder of IPEC. And this assessment I love to do with my clients because it allows them to be aware of how they are showing up in any situation under normal times and under stress. So By doing that assessment, we can actually cite and discuss the scenarios where they are feeling overwhelmed and look at their energy and how they're showing up and their attitudes and perceptions within each situation and see what would actually serve them better than how they are reacting to a scenario right now. So it is an assessment that creates a common language with myself and my client right from the get-go to look at their attitudes and perceptions and what's causing the overwhelm and what might actually help them and serve them in a better way. That's one thing. Another is, and I mentioned this and I'll just, you know, really say it again. If someone comes to me all with just overwhelmed feeling, I will find an analogy to help them see what's happening, whether it's they're juggling so many balls Or often when I think back to my childhood in, let's say, in gym class, I remember the game dodgeball. And I don't know if any of our listeners played dodgeball, (laughs) but standing there in the gym with a line in the middle of of the room and one team is on one side, the other's on the other side, and one side has, it's throwing balls at one another. And so I use this analogy of when people feel overwhelmed, they feel all these things hitting them and coming at them at once. So if we were to freeze frame and just stop and catch one of those balls, let's take a look at it. Let's talk about it. What is going on with that particular ball? What are the thoughts? What are the feelings? And what are the actions that are going on that you see happening with the one ball you're catching? And I really isolate it because I, there won't be any use coaching to a million balls in the air or that feeling of just being dizzy and having life swirl around you. Can't clear the air like that. We can only clear it one ball at a time. So that's what I do. I help people slow down, take a look at their thoughts around something, take a look at their feelings around something, take a look at the actions, take a look at their perceptions, how they're showing up, and then we approach. And what happens often is that one example may be very relevant to many situations in their life. So doing the work on one may actually be doing the work on 20 other areas. 
Very, very true. First of all, I love the fact that you use the LI, I do as well. I revisit it many times in subsequent sessions because by osmosis, things will come out and I'll say, remember when we talked about this? And they'll say, oh, wow, yes, it does come up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know a better tool out there that really gets to the root cause of beliefs that we have and interpretations and assumptions and all of the self-limiting beliefs that are holding us back to things or keeping us in a state of we're where we are for a reason and it's okay for now we're not happy but we can't really get from intention to commitment because it's so insurmountable and we're in a state of overwhelm it really impacts things into the most simplistic terms yes i love the fact that you also painted with the analogy and the li a bridge mm -hmm. it goes from intention to commitment and that bridge is putting things in perspective mm -hmm. giving people the allowance to give themselves permission to take the walk over the bridge and get it done it's almost like giving them an invitation to live their lives in certain circumstances whether it's personal or professional and sometimes both to your point what do you credit people who have had extreme success and we can think of you know steve jobs we can think of elon musk really innovative business leaders that have routinely done well in mm -hmm. their career what do you attribute their intent to commitment how are they wired if you will a little bit differently and what can we learn from their journeys a little bit well, I certainly can't speak for them, but from my observation, these people, I would say that allowing oneself to be creative is what it's all about. And the only way to be creative is if you are unencumbered and you have a clear mind that allows ideas and thoughts to come in. I would imagine if I was at a dinner table, let's say with a Steve Jobs or somebody, the conversation would have been fascinating in that ideas are being absorbed, ideas are being shared, and thoughts are just allowed to happen. It's when people are tunnel vision and more closed that less opportunity and possibility can occur. So I imagine that these people's success is the work that they do, I would think often, work that they do often to allow themselves to have a clear, open mind full of creativity and possibility. And that's where growth can occur. First of all, I love your answer because we have so many entrepreneurs that tune into the show who have that really innovative mindset and could be so much more, I love your word, unencumbered mm. to succeed if they had that open mindset and they just gave themselves permission and perspective to, to forward the action, to get it done. It's not easy. It's not easy. And I see people struggling with it primarily because of that state of overwhelm and that state of encumberment and holding themselves back because it's too mm -hmm. much of a risk and I'm afraid to take the lead. Mm -hmm. There's a great saying, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's a great saying, leap without looking. Mm 
When I read about your company, Thrive 365, and I heard about what you do with our one-on-one, and what excited me about the premise of the organization was the level of empowerment that you give to people. Because really, that's what it is when you're taking somebody from intention to commitment and allowing them to do that and to succeed. It's empowering them. It's pushing them. It's in a good way of pushing them, but pushing them to to leave without looking and to just take a chance. And I love the fact that the examples you use today, many of the people have called you back and said, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. (laughs) Would I just get out of my own way? Um, So I I thank you for sharing that because it is something that people sometimes need to hear, but more importantly, they need to do to believe they can do it. Definitely. And I'll just add, um, you use the word my own way and themselves. And I think something for our listeners to keep in mind is when they're overwhelmed, how often are they just thinking about themselves versus thinking about what they want to do for others, for the organization, for a job, for the people who they're serving. When we're all so consumed with the self, that also keeps people stuck and closed and overwhelmed. But we can shed that by getting out of our own way and using more of the language of how can I help them? How can I serve in this role? What would be great for a contribution to this particular job, get them out of themselves. That's another true facet of anybody, any big entrepreneur that's recognizable. Brene Brown, Mel oh. Robbins, Elon Musk, the Steve Jobs of the world, yes. Cheryl Sandberg, all of these people oh. that have been super, super successful have been people who have been quoted as saying, I want to see people living on Mars. I want to see everybody with a laptop. I want to see everybody with a social media profile. I want to help people get out of their own way. Whatever it is, it was for the greater good and not just for self. Yes. And how amazing that is. It's the same way when you help somebody with public speaking. If they're so worried, if they're on a stage and they're so worried about everybody analyzing their shoes or their outfit or their hair or whatever it is, and they're all consumed with themselves, they won't deliver the message to the group who's listening to them. So it's the same kind of thing. It's just getting out of oneself and that does calm people down. And that does put a perspective on the whole goal and the whole reason for somebody wanting to find a a job in the first place. Exactly. And we've come circle back around to the why. Everybody's why is what drives them. And if their why is for others, that's the perspective they need to get out of their own way to take intention to commitment. It's it's a hugely big arc that we just took, but it's a a very valid one where people have blanketed on all of these layers of, I can't do it. I won't do it. I don't have time to do it done. I will just fail. I'm afraid. I don't, all of these excuses that we've blanketed on and we're all guilty of it in every aspect of our life. Oh, absolutely. I remember when I went back for this coaching certification in my fifties, sitting in the classroom of IPEC and looking around and thinking, hmm, okay, here I am. Can I really do this now? Can I learn? Can I 
you know, all of this. And I stopped myself and said, yeah, it goes back to those chapters. It goes back to the lifelong learning. And I saw myself go through that and just you know, forge through and get to the other side. So these are common, normal feelings and yet very workable when someone's committed. So how does one work with you? How do they get in touch with you? What can they do to connect with you and help them get from intention to commitment? The best way is to send me an email, tell me that they'd like to speak with me and I will reach right back out and set up a conversation. I often speak with people two or three times before we even talk about working together. So it doesn't mean that the minute somebody writes me and we set up a call that they are automatically right away in a coaching partnership with me. It's a start of a conversation. So the email is Michelle with one L. So M-I-C-H-E-L-E at thrive365coach.com. So Michelle at thrive365coach.com. And my website, just to get a little bit more information about me is thrive365coach on LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that. But honestly, if somebody wants to reach out and have a conversation, sending me an email would be great. We'll set up a time. We'll spend an hour. We'll talk. And I work with people one-on-one and I also work with small groups. I am also available to work with within organizations. So a lot of different ways. Fantastic. Yeah. Things to leave our listeners with today. If you had to put it in a nutshell, intention to commitment, what are the key takeaways? The key takeaways are that I'd love it if people recognize that chapters in our life are ongoing, that learning is ongoing, that creativity and open an open mindset is what allows action to take place and steps to be made, that the lower the judgment you have on yourself and the less involved with your own spinning thoughts, the clearer you can be, much more action focused you can be. All in all, creativity brings on growth and clarity helps with that. And it helps people have a really a more fulfilled and satisfied life. So in order to be committed and take responsibility and ownership of one's life, they can really just start by recognizing that they have lots of time for growth, for learning, for chapters, and not to get in their own way, because that's all that's stopping them, truly. They have what they need internally to succeed. And sometimes a coach can help. And coaching can help. Coaching can help accelerate the process. Coaching can help with clarity. Coaching helps with just having a look at what might be getting in their way that they're not realizing and just having someone to help them stay accountable to the small steps to make change. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thrive365 is the company. It's an excellent opportunity for you to get clear and get really active towards your goals. I want to thank you for your time today and for your insight intellect. It was great having you on the show. For all of you listening, I hope 
that you have a great week. That's all we have for you this week. We will reconnect with you next week. Same time, same place, more power. Take care. Thank you so much.